Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast where we talk about sports, <laughs> fantasy sports, dynasty fantasy sports, um, and anything else we can uh, get our hands on. Um, we obviously are um, supported by uh, DynastySportsEmpire.com as we turn the corner from the cold, dreary winter into the warmer days of spring, finally, uh, here on the East Coast. A new season of fantasy baseball begins at DynastySportsEmpire.com. DynastySportsEmpire.com offers you a unique fantasy baseball experience for owners young and old of abilities of all levels. So what uh, makes DSE unique? For starters, you can draft high school and international baseball phenoms as young as 16. I know myself, I got Trey Turner when he was still in college. Um, That one is still paying off. Um, You can retain ownership of your favorite players for their entire baseball career and build a cash cow contender. I'm still working on that. That would make any front office envious for years to come. Check out all the fantasy baseball formats over at DynastySportsEmpire.com today or tweet them at at DSE Fantasy. That's at DSE Fantasy on Twitter or DynastySportsEmpire.com. All right. So you can always email us at DSE, the podcast at gmail.com. We have our own Twitter account. um, If you want to tweet at us at DSE Podcast, we are DSE, the podcast on Instagram. And obviously, always please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on air. If it is anything less than five, we will not read it, and we will (laughs) pretend it never happened. Um, My name is Jeff Roman. I'm your host, and um, I am joined by tonight and every night, Tim Reinhart, PMP. Welcome, Tim. PMP. All right. I need some help on that one, too. So as I as I believe this is what it is. I did not. I have, don't fact check me because I did not look this up. Project management professional. Okay. Uh, so you know if you if you need any projects managed, uh, you're the guy. I'm the guy. Well, at least for this week until yeah. until my new title. I I did a few tax returns last week. Uh, okay. You know with my CPA title, and yeah. so now Good. I'm uh, now now I'm just moving on. It's on to the next one. Yeah, I'm glad you're using these these titles that I'm yeah, going out to. Because otherwise, they'd just be just be a throwaway line for us to start the podcast on. I mean, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> no, and, and that's, um, that's not what this is. That's not what yeah, this is about. Absolutely, absolutely not. So. so, speaking of titles, we have now a uh, the title for most guests on the podcast. Most times as a guest, uh, we are welcoming back Jason Dombach. Welcome back, Jason. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's not quite, you know, the most appearances on Saturday Night Live, but I'll take it. Yeah. It's a close hey, second, though, right? Like, yeah. you got to think about it. <laughs> oh, Very man. prestigious, yes. Yeah, so Jason, you are you're here. Uh, last time we talked uh, about uh, world's longest lazy rivers and minor league baseball and stuff like that. Um, but this time you are here in your capacity as our college basketball expert. So we are nearing, um, obviously, March Madness in March, um, and we are nearing uh, conference uh, tournaments. And so we wanted to make sure Tim and I uh, got a primer on what's going on in college basketball and um, anything you know we need to know uh, headed into the postseason. So um, just I wanted to start quickly with with what I do know uh, for these questions, I guess. Um, what I do know is is the two best teams in college basketball right now are Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, can you just uh, start a little bit about those two teams and we can we could take it from there? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, uh, it's been a crazy, you know, 
disjointed college basketball season. I mean, the, the discrepancy in number of games played and, and uh, you know, trying to differentiate some of the teams is, is very difficult this year. Um, it's been a start and stop kind of year, but, you know, credit to the powers that be in all of the conferences. Um, you know, I think we've got a good representative sample. And I know one thing that folks were very concerned about early in the year was, you know, how would we tell team A from team B? And, you know, I do think even though some teams have played certainly fewer games than others, including some of the top teams, um, you know, there's no doubt that, as you guys mentioned, the two standout teams as we, we head down the home stretch here are Gonzaga and Baylor. They're undefeated. Um, I shouldn't say they're untested because certainly early in the year, Gonzaga passed some serious tests. They beat Kansas. They beat Virginia. Um, they don't play the strongest conference schedule in the West Coast Conference other than uh, BYU and, and usually St. Mary's, although they're down a bit this year. Baylor in the Big 12, you know, with Kansas and West Virginia and Texas Tech and Texas, certainly they're much more tested. But uh, there's no doubt those are the two teams that, you know, lead the pack right now. But, you know, I, I would not necessarily um, discount a lot of other teams as well. I think this is completely wide open. Uh, I think there are a number of other teams that certainly w- could could win the national championship. And, you know, if you were to ask me, do you take Gonzaga, Baylor, or the field, I probably still say the field. I, I think Gonzaga and Baylor are really good, but I don't think they're significantly better than the next group of teams like Michigan, Ohio State, um, you know, some of the some of the other teams that, uh, you know, are probably going to be on the one or two line. I don't think there's that big a separation right now. Yeah, so you, you kind of touched on this a little bit. It's, it's in terms of how bizarre of a, of a year it's been. I, I've watched probably a combined 40 minutes of, of college basketball this season. So I, I'm kind of just um, off in the periphery. And you, you look at the teams that are making up the top 25 and you're missing your, your, your classic teams, your Duke, your, your North Carolina, your Syracuse. And, you know, I, I, again, I'm sort of only on the periphery of this, but like, I don't know when the last time Alabama was a top 10 um, college basketball team. Um, so like, what, what do you think's happening there? And, you know, I guess you see like, you know, you see Santa Barbara's on the bubble and, like schools that I don't know, just what do you think is happening that's creating this uh, this dynamic? Yeah, it's certainly been a big storyline this year, guys. Um, you know, sort of the blue blood teams that have have really had their struggles. I mean, Duke and Carolina, uh, Kentucky, Michigan State. I think you can throw in there. Now, to their credit, both Duke and North Carolina have turned it on of late. Uh, I think most bracketologists you look at would have North Carolina in the NCAA tournament. So. You know, to their credit, um, they, they've turned things around. They're not securely in. Uh, they still have work to do, but they've certainly recovered from a slow start. And if you remember last year, they finished in dead last in the ACC, believe it or not. So, you know, they were coming off a really difficult season. You know, Duke, has, Duke ironically, with Jalen Johnson, uh, a lottery pick in the NBA, once he decided to forego the rest of his season, um, they've, they've been spectacular. I'm not sure they've lost uh, since that since that decision was made, and they're creeping into the field. Michigan State just had a huge win over Illinois. As we yeah, it's another one you that. usually see. 
So, you know, those teams are, are, uh, are turning things around. Kentucky's the one, you know, that, that uh, I think you point to as a good example of this season was so disjointed. Uh, they're typically a one and done type program. You didn't have the season program. Um, you know, you have a lot of freshmen, a lot of young players that are trying to acclimate to college basketball. But all of a sudden, you throw in, you know, the testing and and all of the uh, all of the distractions that that come into play. And I think you could probably look at a team like uh, Kentucky this year and explain why they've had such a poor year. But there's no doubt, uh, you know, you look at the, the, the top teams in the country and you don't see the, the usual suspects. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, what I, I've kind of seen anecdotally for, especially for UK and Duke is that <clears throat> these programs have kind of made themselves, you know, a little bit of one and done factory. So the, the biggest and best players there, all the top recruits aren't necessarily there to play college ball. And then, uh, you take all the crowds out of it, right? And so they're they're playing in a, a quiet gym um, with a team that is not very good. I think maybe some of that contributes to them falling apart. You know? Yeah, I, I think so. And again, you know, it's just such a it's it's been such a ragged season. Pretty much all of those teams and almost every team in the country has had pauses, whether it be because of. Uh, uh, COVID issues in their program or their opponents. Uh, very few teams in the country have played all of their allotted games. And so when you have, you know, teams that are, you know, made up mostly of one-done type players, um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, you, you don't have the normal runway and the onboarding, I guess would be the best way to put it, you know, get those players up to speed. And, and usually even when you watch Duke and Kentucky, um, now the year when they had Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett and those guys, that was a little bit different. They were just so talented. They hit the ground running, right. but usually those teams, they, they, you know, it takes a little while for them to get going. And usually by this time of year, they're hitting their stride, you know, this year for a young team and young programs that are very one and done focused, uh, you don't necessarily have that. So, you know, I think more than anything, it's just parody in college basketball, um, it's why I love it. it, it this year is not going to be any different than the last few in that uh, you, you have 10 or 15 different programs, I think, legitimately that could win the national title. So who's who's that team that's that's uh, under the radar that, you know, the I don't know, call it the I don't remember what year it was, but I'm going to I'm just going to throw out a random year. The 19 late 1990s Gonzaga, you know, who's going to. Um, just show up to the tournament and make a make an unexpected run and, and make a name for themselves. Yeah, I think that you know the, the teams that are that I think a lot of a lot of folks would point to this year that kind of qualify in that mid major tier. Um, one of the ones that I think a lot of people are excited about again, if you remember Loyola of Chicago, the, the magical run they made to the Final Four a few years ago. Well, they're having a great season uh, again. They've got a a real fun player to watch in Cameron Crutwig. He's a seven foot, almost 300 pound center, uh, kind of an old school guy. Uh, back you down. You can, he can score in a lot of different ways. He's a fun player to watch. He was on that final four team actually. And now he's the best player, I think in the, in the Missouri Valley conference. So I think Loyola has a legitimate shot. If you look at, uh, uh, San Diego State is another team that really has gotten better as the season has gone on. I don't know if you got, I know it, a year ago seems like 10 years ago, 
with all we've been through. But if you remember a year ago, San Diego State would have been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So they have some returning pieces from a year ago, and they've really turned uh, turned their season around. And I'll give you one that is way off the radar, and they have some work to get in the tournament. But if they do get in the tournament, I, I a team that I really have enjoyed watching a lot this year uh, is St. Bonaventure in the Atlantic Ten. Uh, they've got some. They've got two really good scoring options. And they've got a, a big man in the middle, a Shun, a Shunyi. Uh, I can't spell it. I can only say it. But he's a shot block guy. He's a double-double type player yeah. inside. And I think, you know, if you talk about what's the anatomy of making a long run in the NCAA tournament, you, you need good guard play. I think you need to be able to win in a lot of different ways. And, you know, you have to be able to play a couple of different styles. And I think those are some teams that that would qualify out of the mid-major ranks. And I'll give you one from the major conferences. Yeah, I was going to say, give us give us one of the major conference guys that's going to fly under the – or that's flown under the radar so far. For me, it's Florida State. Uh, what, what Leonard Hamilton has built, uh, he sort of reworked his reputation a bit because throughout his entire career, if you remember, he started out at Miami – and then he went. He coached in the NBA for a little while, and then he came to Florida State. He's been there a long time, but most of his career has been sort of defined by underachievement. Well, the last few years, they have been fantastic. I, I think they were the best team in the country last year. I think they would have won the national title, if you ask me. Uh, and this year, they had to retool their roster a bit. They had a couple of defections, but they've got a really good scoring guard in M.J. Walker. They've got a lottery pick in Scotty Barnes, and they have their typical – you know, two or three, seven foot two guys, and they can, they can win in a lot of different ways. I think they're under the radar because people are looking at the ACC this year and they're, they're seeing it uh, as being down, which it is no doubt. Uh, The ACC is down this year, but Florida state is a team I wouldn't want to face out of the open in the NCAA tournament because they can play a lot of different ways and they're really physical and they're the kind of team, you know, they might be a four, or a five seed, let's say they're a four seed, that would mean that they would meet a number one seed like a Gonzaga or a Baylor in the Sweet 16. And that's why I like the field, because I would take Florida State over both of those teams. Interesting. So we we obviously uh, can't let you get away without uh, some conversation about Tim's uh, The Ohio State University. They are uh, in the top five, or at least they were – uh, over the last weekend, so what's uh, what 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 do they look like? What what should Tim Tim be rooting for uh, headed into the tournament? They they're the surprise team uh, in the best conference in the country for me. I think if you look at the Big Ten going into the year, a lot of people were uh, you know certainly looking at teams like Illinois and Iowa, and then they haven't really disappointed. Illinois started slow; they're really coming on right now. Uh, Michigan has been a bit of a, a little bit of a surprise. Um, Hunter Dickinson, the freshman, has really come on and been, become one of the best players in the Big Ten and in the country. But if you look at Ohio State and the job Chris Holtman has done, um, you know they're playing a fun brand of basketball. EJ Liddell and Dwayne Washington have been outstanding for them this year. Um, there again, teams in the Big Ten have lost some games because it's just so loaded this year. But you get into the NCAA tournament all of a sudden. And you're, you're a team like Ohio State that's been playing this grinder of a schedule the entire year. They're certainly a team that can win the national championship. I mean, I would put them in that next group behind Gonzaga 
and, and Baylor. I, I'd put them right in there with uh, with with. I would put Illinois in that group. I, I think they've really come on. I would put Villanova in there certainly as well. And I, I mentioned Florida state. So, you know, I think they're right there in that next group of teams that I would not be surprised if they, they got to the final four and, and got and won it all. Yeah. So that's three, uh, three big 10 schools right there that you mentioned. Um, and, and you kind of, kind of hinted or got at my next question, which was, uh, I think you, you snuck in that answer there that the big 10 is, is you, what you think is the best, uh, the best conference in college basketball? Oh, without question. I mean, it's, it's not even close this year. The Big Ten is has been absolutely stacked. I mean, if you look at part of the reason why, you know, there's not a lot of one-and-done factor in the in the Big Ten this year. I mean, Luca Garza returned. I mean, there's a guy that averaged at, at Iowa. He averaged, uh, you know, 24 points and 11 rebounds last year. He came back this year. Io Desunmu and Kofi Coburn at, at Illinois. These are fantastic players. Even even a team like Minnesota that's on the bubble, you know, they brought back Marcus Carr, who uh, was one of the best scoring guards and probably all-around guards in the country. So there's just – the Big Ten is just absolutely loaded with talent up and down that conference. Only really one easy game on, on any team's schedule this year, and that was Nebraska. Other than that, even a team like Penn State, uh, if you look at their record, they're seven and thirteen. You might think on paper they're no good. Well, actually, uh, they played a really tough non-conference schedule. Uh, beat Virginia Tech, beat VCU, had had a really good resume. Um, they're a tough team, and they pulled some upsets in conference play this year. So there's no easy nights in the Big Ten this year, and uh, without question, the best conference. And I, I would go so far as to say I think the Big Ten this year is the best conference in a decade in college basketball. Probably you'd have to go back to the wow. Big East in 2011 when they got 11 teams in the NCAA tournament famously, which is a record. Uh, we haven't seen a conference perform top to bottom the way um, the big uh, – we haven't seen a conference perform that way in, in a long, long time until this year with the Big Ten. So I was just looking at a projection um, on ESPN of, of the bracket, and they're projecting 11 teams – uh, from the Big Ten, yeah, that's no, that's no surprise at all. I mean, it goes all the way down to um, you know, like Minnesota, for example, is a team that probably would be that you know tenth or eleventh team right there on the bubble. Um, so yeah, it, it would not it would not be a surprise if they got all of those teams in the tournament. It, the, the the conference is that good right now. So qu- quickly, talk to me about uh, talk to me about Rutgers because I, I listen to a New York radio station when I'm you know getting ready for work in the morning, and their play by play or their update guy does play by play for Rutgers, and he's always talking about how they actually they, they have a pretty good team this year. Um, is that is that a a team that you know not not typically a, a what you think of as a basketball school really at all? Uh, do they have a little run in them? Yeah, they're, 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 that's a classic case of, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, in the Big Ten, they're sort of middle of the pack, although they're clearly, I think, an NCAA tournament team without question. But, you know, it all depends on their draw. I think they certainly – they're capable of it. Um, they were good last year with, with Geo Baker, um, you know, as, as their, their top player. Steve Peichel, by the way, their their head coach, is, is the first guy that's come along at Rutgers in 30 years – uh, to get the job done there. I mean, they haven't been to the tournament in 30 years, and they're going to get there this year. So, yeah, Rutgers, to their credit, they, they put together a, a solid program. They've got a good staff. 
Um, and they're, they're finally doing what so many coaches have tried before. You know, they're recruiting that New York, New Jersey area and getting some top kids and, and they're competing really hard and, and they're right there in the, in the mix in the big 10. Yeah. And you know, that, that's something that I remember, uh, growing up hearing, uh, so I grew up in that area hearing a lot that like, um, a school like Syracuse would come down to that area and grab a lot of talent or, um, St. John's would, would focus a lot on, on, or would get a lot of top recruits, uh, from that area. So it is kind of fun to see a, see a Rutgers thrive in that environment. Yeah. I mean, it's a hotbed for talent, you know, from, from growing up there, you know, there's a lot of the Catholic high schools, you know, famously, you know, St. Anthony's and, and, uh, uh, Bob Hurley, who's Bobby and Danny Hurley's dad, you know, built a powerhouse there. And, um, yeah, that's where that, you know, that's where there's so much talent and Rutgers for many years, um, just wasn't able to, to mine that talent. And, uh, it's one of the bigger surprises to me. I, when, when, when they joined the Big Ten, I thought they never had a prayer of competing in football or basketball. Now, they haven't yeah. competed in football, uh, but they are competing at least for this short period of time here in basketball. And, you know, if I were them, I'd back up the truck and, and uh, pay Steve Peichel a lot of money because that, that guy can coach. Absolutely. So – you touched on it earlier, just to, to change gears a little bit. Um, at Duke, uh, they had their one of their top recruits, Jalen Johnson, who's a, a freshman, uh, opt out of the rest of the of the year. Um, this is one of those things that I always find is is tends to uh, launch about a, a million hot takes. You know, you're on one side or the other. He, he's he's right to opt out, or you know, he's abandoning his team. Um, what, obviously they've, they've played better since he's been gone, which, which may, uh, may prove one side of the argument, but what, what is your, uh, opinion on that? Well, I think it might be the classic case of addition by subtraction, right? I mean, uh, clearly he's talented. I mean, he, he, uh, now he missed some time this year, so he didn't play even the period of time when he was with Duke. Um, he missed uh, a number of games. I don't recall the exact number, but he, he was out. For, for several weeks and, and didn't play and missed some games. Uh, when he finally came back, you know, he, he was certainly a difference maker and you could see the immense talent. But again, you know, there's a difference between, uh, you know, kind of the NBA style of play and the college style of play a lot of times. And, you know, I, I, if you watch the way Duke plays, even though, yes, they bring in a lot of one and duns, um, you know, this year's team in particular isn't necessarily comprised of, you know, one and done, um, you know, freshman oriented uh, type roster. I mean, they've got some holdover type players like, like Matthew Hurd, who's their leading scorer, candidate for ACC player of the year. So the, the talent is there, but, you know, it's just sort of all clicked, um, you know, with, with him not there. Now you read some stories about Jalen Johnson. Um, you know, you, you hear how he hopped around high schools. He went to IMG Academy and sort of, you know, gave up there. And so this sort of seems to be, you know, unfortunately something that, that, that maybe is in his DNA a bit. And maybe that just wasn't playing well in the program. And the best thing uh, for Duke was that, you know, he, he was no longer in the picture and they didn't necessarily have to, you know, force feed him the foot, force feed him the yeah. football anymore. So, um, you know, they've, they've gone on a nice run and uh, if they can keep it going, they've certainly got a shot to get in the tournament because they've compiled a couple really good wins here over the last few weeks. So, 
uh, you know, stick on that Jalen Johnson story for a second. I, I guess my my take has always been on on these guys. Like, I, I'm I'm never gonna uh, criticize someone for making a you know a, a, what is essentially a financial decision for themselves uh, to to set them up for you know for the rest of their their lives essentially. And I think uh, the way I kind of and this, I guess, is is one of the things about college basketball that I I do sort of have uh, an opinion on is that you know Jalen Johnson is a product of the of the of this bizarro world system that that is created with you know the NBA having the one year uh, the one year rule and having all these guys essentially I mean no one's no one none of these top guys are going to school they're 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 these one and done. Uh, players are not getting an education, right? Like, so th- there's no even pretense of that. And so him opting out, like, to me, I, I guess I get it. Like, I-, I don't see why if you're already going to be one and done, you wouldn't you wouldn't make that financial decision. Now, th- that that that's taking the whole team dynamic. That's taking the whole like, uh, is he a good team player? Is the team better with or without? Like taking that out of the question and just kind of thinking of the system that's in place. I, I can't blame him for saying, you know what, I got to opt out and do what's best for, for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I hear that argument. I, I just, I've, I've sort of, of the mindset that look, you, you, you committed to play. Um, no, he couldn't jump right to the NBA. He could have gone to Europe. Guys have done that. He could have maybe gone that G league route where now they're, you know, taking, you know, 12 or 14 guys and, and, uh, you know, putting him, putting him into the G League so they can they can develop that way and not have to go the college route. You know, he, he was three weeks away from finishing the season. So, you know, I mean, to me, if you've if you've committed to play, you've got to finish the job. But you know, obviously, you know, he has a little bit of a past history where he hasn't necessarily followed through on that. So it's not all that surprising. But I don't have any sympathy for him, frankly, because look, he committed. You know, you, you're on the team now. It'd be one thing if he opted out before the season, but uh, you know, there's no greater showcase than the NCAA tournament. And and I think you know, I think that, um, that would have served him very, very well if they could have gotten there. Yeah, and I think you know maybe there's a there's a happy medium there where he avoids the the bad headlines in in the you know for the NBA general managers and maybe says you know if if he's has a nagging injury right you said he was out for a little bit. And I think it was a foot injury. Um, he could just kind of say, "Well, you know, I have a foot injury," and and sit out in street clothes on on the sideline and cheer on his team, and and nobody would bat an eye, and he would, you know, avoid this kind of uh, bad headlines of of uh, and p- past history of him lining up as a somebody's bouncing around too much. Yeah, I think Jeff, you you said it earlier. I mean, it, it is very possible, or maybe it was Jason, uh, that, that the team is is playing better now. That or, that you know that that is certainly something that to consider. I guess in all of this is that you know perhaps it was it was best for for the rest of the players to have that situation eliminated uh, from their equation. Well, yeah, I'll be honest and, and with you guys, I, I liked uh, I liked it when he was there and Duke was losing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a Duke fan, and I apologize to, uh, to to those that are, but if you are a Duke fan, I think you do understand the other side of it, right? So uh, we will welcome all Duke hate here on this program. Um, 
none of us root for Duke, right, Tim? Tim? Uh, you know, I went through a Speak phase when I was younger. I actually applied to Duke um, and and didn't get in. So, yeah. Wow. Forget about yeah. them. A pox on their house <laughs> for not letting Tim into their college. That's right. Um, so, we, yeah, we welcome that that Duke hate. Um, I believe I've always rooted against them pretty much um, since the beginning of time. So, um, we, we enjoy that here. Jason, do you have any any other before we wrap? Um, obviously, for um, college basketball, we will have you back in three weeks um, for a March Madness preview. Um, once we have the bracket, we can go down um, the regions and look at the best games and and see who's favors in in different areas. Do you have anything? Um, any other college basketball uh, topics you well, want to hit on? You know, just really that I'm just pumped for the for the for the tournament. I mean, if you remember, everything shut down. Uh, March 11th, which was basically four days before Selection Sunday last year. So we were so close to having an NCAA tournament, and it got yanked from us. And that was really, you know, I was a a big-time college basketball fan. And, uh, you know, if you gave me one sporting event that I could have all year and told me I couldn't watch anything else, it would be the NCAA tournament. And uh, to not have that last year was, uh, was tough as a basketball fan. And so... Just no matter, I know it's not going to be exactly the same. We're not going to have fans and, uh, you know, it's all going to be in the state of Indiana and it's going to be a little bit different, but at least we'll have it. And uh, really something to look forward to here in, in less than a month. So really pumped that uh, we've gotten this to this point in the college basketball season. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a bracket in a few weeks and I can't wait to talk about it. All right. Well, on, on that front, before you before you head out, let's let's each uh, little little game we'll play here. Uh, give me the four number one seeds. All right. Uh, well, I think Gonzaga and Baylor are certainly locked in there. I'm going to go Michigan. I think they're they've done enough work to uh, unless they collapse, and I don't see that happening. So uh, we'll go Michigan, and then you know I I'll throw out Illinois. I think Illinois is going to be the fourth number one seed. I like how they're playing and, and um, they're a real threat. So those are my All right. four. So two big 10 schools. Yep. All right. Uh, Jeff, who do you got? Um, well, I'm going to take Zags and Baylor. Obviously I think they're the two best teams. Um, I am also going to take Michigan um, because they, I, I watched their game over the weekend um, where they beat Ohio state. So I think that bolsters their resume a little bit. Um, and I am going to, Instead of Illinois, um, I am a grandson of Illinois graduates. Um, I'm going to take the Ohio State University as the fourth one. All right, and I'll go Gonzaga and Baylor um, as as well. I think you know from the little that I know, they they do appear to be locked in. Um, I are are there? Are, we still have conference tournaments this year, Jason. We do. Before I, okay, before I make my prediction, I needed to know that. Um, uh, the team up north drops to uh, Nebraska in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> They're out. Um, so give me OSU and Illinois as uh, as my um, as my other number ones. Wow. All right. Wish casting. I love it. Um, Jason, we appreciate it. I just wanted to um, tell a personal story of also my my dedication to the NCAA tournament. Uh, when Tim and I were roommates um, uh, a long time ago, galaxy far, far away, <laughs> I scheduled my wisdom teeth extraction for, I believe, the Thursday of 
the beginning of the NCAA tournament so that I could take that Friday off and do nothing but sit on the couch. Um, as, as I was standing at the desk, uh, at the office scheduling my, my, uh, tooth extraction, I was, I was checking the NCAA schedule, not my personal schedule, but checking the March madness schedule to make sure I had the correct day for it. So, um, I, I laid on the couch and watched about 17 million hours of basketball that weekend. That's the best way to do it, man. Right there. Yeah. When I was in college, I would, I would not, the second semester of course began in January, right? Well, I was already thinking ahead to the NCAA tournament. So I made sure I didn't schedule any afternoon classes in the uh, spring semester of any of my wow. years. Cause I didn't want to have any possibility of missing any NCAA tournament games. It's also why it took me five years to graduate college. <laughs> There are people that that avoided Friday classes, avoided you know the the morning classes. Uh, you avoided afternoon classes in uh, in the spring semester. I like it. That's uh, yeah. Everyone That's had their little... thing for scheduling. That's the why is that one you know any worse than anybody else's right there? <laughs> That's the lo- long range thinking that we like to see. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's commitment right there. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, uh, we we've held on to you for half an hour, so we really appreciate your time. Obviously, um, thanks for all the insights in college basketball. We will have you back in three weeks, obviously, as I said, when we have the bracket. So uh, thanks a lot, Jason. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Jason. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep. Later on. All right. So great interview. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I learned I learned so much right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to play this back a couple times so I can take all the notes of all the players and uh, different places. So that I will really... say it got me it got me a little pumped for it. So that's yeah, cool. Me I, too. I, Absolutely. You know, and, and I guess this it's not entirely uh, year year goes as the years go by. I I'm less and less into. I guess I think we've talked about this. We've kind of narrowed down the sports that we watch. Like I just don't have the time or the desire or whatever to do it. So college basketball is something I watched a lot more when we were younger and now I just don't do it anymore. But I I do always, this is about the time where I start paying attention to it. And I I do love filling out the brackets and, and watching the tournament, you know, those, that, that first, those first, that first, like four days is, you yeah. know, you could argue those are the best four days in sports right there. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just a heads up for all our listeners and for you, Tim, because I just found this out as well. Instead of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they are doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. A wraparound, huh? Yeah. Wraparound weekend. So, um, something to just keep your eye on if you're scheduling your extraction of tooth and yep. need to lay on the couch, just make sure you, uh, you check that schedule because it's Friday through Monday now. Um, so, so let me, can ahead. I, what, where does your rooting interest lie in NCAA basketball? Well, um, you know, I, I've always been a little bit kind of rooting for whomever kind of, I always root for upsets, you know, that's yeah. just one of those things that, that has always been a part of me. Um, you know, being from Missouri, I always root for Missouri. Obviously I'm also, uh, as I said, a grandchildren of Illinois graduates on both sides of my family. So I definitely root for, um, uh, both Missouri and Illinois. I don't know if that's allowed, but, um, that's what I do. Um, other than that, I, I really don't have any college basketball, you know, I'm kind of in the same way of football, college football, right? Well, I, I root for Ohio state cause Tim roots for Ohio state, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, whatever, um, 
whatever feels like the right right thing to do at the time um, is what I do. What about you? So um, I guess just by default, I'll root for Ohio State, even though um, I don't really know. I, I watched the second half of that game over the weekend. Um, I, after that, I'll usually drift towards like the New Jersey schools in the tournament. So sure. a Rutgers, a Seton Hall. There was one year that Fairleigh Dickinson was in the tournament yep. and yep. they were the 15 seed and they like took UConn, I think it was, down to the last uh, you know, a couple minutes. I was really pumped about that. Um, or like, you know, if it, if there's like, I remember BU was in it one year. That was kind of mm-hmm. fun uh, just because they're local or Holy Cross was in the playing game. You know, so I'll, like if there's something fluky or right. interesting like that, like a, a team that's local to where I live uh, that's in it, I'll I'll root for them. Yeah. And it's always, you know, just like in college basketball and maybe NFL for me too now, it's I have a bunch of teams that I root against. <laughs> yeah. Like I root against Duke, uh, root right. against North Carolina, I root against Kentucky, you know, all those kind of um, big schools that are always won. Um, you know, Gonzaga is kind of a, a, a new age team a little bit. Yeah. Um, they've always been the the Cinderella. Now they, they've turned themselves into a powerhouse, which is not, pretty cool. Yeah, not anymore. Um, Unbelievable. Yes. So they, they are the best team in the country. So that, that'll be interesting to see kind of how they, how they handle that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. It should be, yeah. it'll be fun uh, to start paying attention to it a little bit more. Yeah. Jason's got me pumped. So, um, we, we made it 37 minutes before talking about the NFL, but I, I think it's time to finally, um, embrace our, our hot stove NFL league, uh, takes. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, so uh, the big transaction of last week was Carson Wentz being traded finally from the Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for uh, a third round pick this year, a second round pick next year, which is conditional on him playing enough snaps for the Colts or the Colts making the playoffs. And then that turns into a first round pick. Right, right. So the... um, Eagles take the record dead cap hit of $33 million this year on their cap um, just to get rid of Wentz, um, but they get some compensation back. What What is your uh, thoughts on the trade? Uh, there's a lot of layers here. So um, I guess I think it's a good trade for the Colts. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, Frank Reich had success as the offensive yep. coordinator when Carson Wentz was in Philadelphia they obviously know each other. I would imagine that if short of getting Deshaun Watson, that this was probably the ideal situation for Frank Reich and the Colts. Um, yep. I don't I don't think they could have done any better with the market that was out there. Um, and they probably didn't have the the ammunition to get um, Deshaun Watson. Um, does this mean that the Eagles believe in Jalen Hurts? Well, it depends on what they do in the draft, I think. Um, they're very capable of taking quarterback at number six in the draft. Um, so Ugh, I would that be? That's the, que- like, that's the uh, question right now. Like, yeah. They might have to I mean, trade up if they want if they want their desired QB. Right. If they want one of the top three guys, certainly they will have to trade up. Um, but they could possibly get somebody else there at six um, or, you know, my opinion, at least, is that they 
have already pretty much punted this year. They cut Deshaun Jackson and took the cap hit. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I believe they took a cap hit last year if they would cut him, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, they take the Carson Wentz cap hit, obviously. I think they will take a few more cap hits, uh, start Jalen Hurts this year, and see what happens. And if he's bad, uh, they they will go to the well again next year. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. I mean, how it's all going to depend on how the Eagles end up feeling about one of these quarterbacks. Um, because if you fall in, you know, they, they always say, if you fall in love with your guy, then you, then you got to go get him. Cause who knows how many times you're going to be drafting um, in the top 10. So, right. and they, and they traded up to get Wentz too. Right. Um, they they which, did make that aggressive move. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it depends if they end up liking uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, um, and then uh, I, I always forget the uh, the it's not Division One Double A anymore. Uh, what's FCS quarterback that that everyone's talking about that didn't play this past year? Um, uh, Trey Lance from North yeah, Dakota yes, State. That's yeah. him. Uh, so Trey Lance. Um, you know whether it's uh, the guy from Alabama whose name is slipping my mind already. Mac, Mac, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. There's there's gonna be quarter there's there's five first round quarterbacks and then there's the guy from the kid from Florida that people are also saying is uh, possibly in this so that's you know could be Kyle six, Trask yes yeah. <laughs> Jeff is all over the names that I'm not remembering right now hey um, you know what I just did a little googling while you're talking so don't don't think I have these off the top of my head that's teamwork buddy um, yeah. yeah so if uh, if the Eagles end up falling in love with one of these guys I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go get them and, and sit them for a year or sit them for half a year or, you know, the two, a treatment, whatever. Um, but it is, it, it does bring up questions about what their, what their situation is. Um, and it's just so funny, you know, a few years ago, you would have not speculated that that was going to be a problem right. for the Eagles. Yep. So yep. now here they are in quarter quarterback purgatory. Yeah, Welcome exactly. to the club. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that Carson Wentz is washed in my opinion. He gained a lot of his advantages through his scrambling, um, which in his mobility, which he pretty much lost when, uh, he had that devastating knee injury in 2017. Um, I also think that he, um, is not a, and this maybe qualifies as a hot take, but one of the things that you need to be as the quarterback, right? You're, you're the most important player on the team in any team, right? Uh, in any sport is be a leader on the team, whether you want to or not, you're the leader because you're the quarterback. So I think that his reaction to, um, Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl was not super positive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously was not happy about that because he wanted to be out there, which is fine, understandable, but, um, you know, then they had a weird year the year after, and then he was pretty much replaced by, um, Jalen hurts this year. Um, didn't react well, reportedly didn't even talk to his head coach for two months. They didn't even talk. I I don't like, I legit don't understand how that happens. Yeah. I mean, they're not even at the coffee machine at the same time. Like you don't talk about the weather. Yeah. Nothing. it's astounding. You hear stuff like that. About, I mean, look, neither of us obviously have played a lick of 
even remotely close to NFL football, right? Like we're mm-hmm. we're uh, we knew our quarterback very well at the MIT yeah. intramural yeah. flag football team. But you you hear about this stuff in NFL clubhouses, like you know. I remember thinking it was weird with the Jets um, when Adam Gase fined uh, one of the wide receivers and they asked him about who was injured and like didn't show up for his treatment or something. And they asked him about it. And Adam Gase was like, I haven't I haven't talked to him. Why are you asking me about that? He's like, what do you mean you haven't talked? You're the head coach of the right. team. Aren't you supposed to talk to everybody? Like, how does this work? And And so, you know, I thought that was all weird. And then you hear this about uh, you hear that about. Uh, Carson Wentz and does this happen where coaches don't talk to players I don't know right right and I think you probably you kind of saw that failure of leadership with the Eagles kind of just fall apart from both sides right the coach and the player and now they're both gone right yeah and I think and I think you know you talked about layers on layers here Um, from what I gathered and I think we talked about this is that when they hired Nick Sirianni it seemed like they were getting someone who had worked with um, Reich before and was trying to placate Wentz, right? I, I don't think they necessarily got the best coach on the market. Um, they got somebody that Wentz was familiar with in scheme, if not in person. Um, yeah. And, and that didn't, didn't solve the problem either. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be an interesting story to watch. I mean, there's a lot of those. Uh, we still have the, the Sean Watson. Uh, we still have the, Sam Darnold, the Ben Roethlisberger now, right? right? Rumors. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's a that's a big one. And uh, Aaron Rodgers still is going to guest host uh, Jeopardy. So we have that. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep busy in, in the offseason, you know? It's well, just... and he's, you know, he's getting engaged and he's hosting Jeopardy and he's losing uh, championship games. It's... Yeah. Well, he got, he's got that MVP to add to the, to the trophy. Room, it, so. it wasn't a, it wasn't a total loss. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll obviously keep an eye on that Carson Wentz situation. I think he's going to probably have a a bit of a bounce back season uh, in Indianapolis. I don't think it's going to be a real sustained bounce back for him. So um, it's the best place he could have gone. He's probably happy to go there. Um, but I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to be permanently good enough there. Um, to answer the answer the question, you know, um, I think we're going to see what be Frank than, made of, you know, right? Like, is, is he going to be better than Philip Rivers was last year? Philip Rivers had a pretty good year, um, yeah. Uh, and they're you know they're just kind of making a, a one to one there um, with less draft picks uh, to use. So, um, you know, I think it makes sense from both sides, and I know why they did it. So it's not uh, not a huge uh, imbalance there. Yeah, um, I, I think, uh, like, like I said, I think we'll we'll find out how good of a how good of a coach Frank Reich is. Is he really the quarterback whisperer? Um, is he really? Uh, people say yes. So uh, if he is, we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tim, is there any anything else? What are you What are you keeping your eye on this week? Um, keeping my eye on the end of February uh, coming up pretty soon, and you teased it at the beginning. We're gonna. We're starting to climb out of maybe uh, this uh, crazy winter weather. So got got some days in the 40s and 50s coming up. Uh, so the talk of March Madness and uh, and all that. And then you were talking fantasy baseball leagues. At the beginning has me has me gunning for spring. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 100 there. It was a balmy. Uh, it's a balmy 44 degrees outside in Philadelphia, and I was outside getting my groceries um, delivered, and and I actually didn't completely freeze out yeah. there trying to get, bring my groceries in for five minutes. So it felt positively balmy. So we still got quite a bit of snow and ice on the ground. That's going to take. I don't know, months to melt. Yeah, it's, but it's still we're still a ways away. But yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I'll I'll take it. it it's light, lighter later. We're 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 headed towards uh, we're headed towards a good time soon. So let's go. Um, uh, so as always, we are presented by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Um, you know, you can go to DynastySportsEmpire.com, find our podcast, find uh, Orphan. Uh, teams, sad orphans that need an owner to help them achieve their fantasy glory. So just make sure you go to dynastysportsempire.com and check all that out. So definitely as, as, as last week, right? Same as this week, keep your eye on the weather, keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire, the podcast. We will talk to you next week. See you, Tim. See you, Jeff. All right.